So if you haven't already heard, I've got a new book coming out August 16th, 2022. But you can read it early if you're willing to pre-order the book and then join my Insider Club launch team. What's a launch team, you might ask? Well, it's a group of people who want to help spread the word. And part of that involves reading the book and writing an honest review. That's why when you sign up for the launch team and submit your receipt, you automatically get a digital copy of the book. And you're going to receive a whole bunch of other bonuses as well. So go to joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash insider and sign up today. Tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 89. Oh, you guys, I've had the privilege of interviewing some amazing authors, and I've experienced some powerful interviews, but today's episode really touched something deep in my soul. Perhaps it's because it so reflects the message of my new book on trusting God. Or perhaps it's because I've had a front row seat to the journey my friend Jody Dietrich has been on these past two years. But I think the real reason is because God's anointing is on this message. And if you and I will embrace it, I believe it can literally change our lives. Well, I am really excited to have my dear friend Jody Dietrich back in the living room with us. Uh, Jody, Jody has been such a faithful companion on my own journey to trusting God more, and I've also had front row seats to watch her trust God. And uh, anyway, it's just so good to have you with me, sweet Jody. It's been a while since you've even been able to be on a computer screen. Can you tell us what's been going on in your life? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, Joanna, it's just good to see you via computer. I wish you were like right in the same room, but it... But our hearts are really close neighbors, and I'm really so thankful for you. Yeah, so um, this has been an interesting year. You know, we thought 2020 was wild, and it was. (laughs) But in my own personal life, about a year ago, I developed a corneal abrasion, which is like a kind of a scratch on the cornea that the doctors think started from dry eye syndrome. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's a weird thing. (laughs) But as you age, uh, your eyes get really dry. And at night when you sleep, your your eyelid can actually attach to the eyeball. So they think what happened is when I woke up in the morning and opened my eye, I pulled a little piece of the surface off of my eye. (laughs) So... um, That was painful, um, but then it developed into this just horrible eye infection that just went spiraling out of control to the point where I literally was in danger of losing my eye Mm -hmm. within just like a few days. And so I ended up um, with, you know, no vision in that eye. And I've since had three uh, surgeries, including a cornea transplant. So I'm more thankful than ever for those who Um, even in their death, are willing to give parts of themselves Mm -hmm. so that others can live and live better. And so um, that always humbles me to think that I'm walking around with a a part of someone else um, 
Although spiritually, we do that every day, right? We, yes. <laughs> we, we're, we're walking around with the, the gifts of other people, even long gone, um, that are with us. But anyway, um, so in the meantime, my life has changed a lot. I was, you know, on the go, did a lot of traveling. Of course, the pandemic kind of minimized that anyway. But um, yeah, I, I literally just just maneuvering in my own home has been a challenge. And what I'm learning is to live with half sight. Mm. Um, and so thank you, dear right eye for doing the heavy lifting these days. <laughs> <laughs> but I, early on, I was learned, uh, warned that my equilibrium and my depth perception would be off until my brain could make the necessary adjustments. And apparently I have a really headstrong brain that doesn't want to make those adjustments. <laughs> thank you very much. So especially for the few months of uh, first few months of half sight, um, my world seems slightly tilted. And so just going up and down the stairs in our house or stepping off a, a curb, you know, required meticulous attention. And, and my husband's arm kept me from many a stumble for sure mm -hmm. as I, we were eventually able to go outside for walks again. So um, I, I would go to throw something in the trash, Joanna, and you know, tissues or whatever. And I would miss every time. <laughs> so it felt like when I actually got a tissue in the trash, it was like a basketball player who did a three point, you know, yes. Yay! <laughs> so uh, that has been my, my life um, adjusting to, to a life with kind of half sight, even though we still have hopes that there will be more restoration. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wow. I just keep thinking of that verse that says we see in a glass darkly. You know, we only see in part and know in part. I'm sure there's been all sorts of spiritual correlations for you in this journey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, because I, I really do think that this is how we spend a lot of our earth life um, with half sight. We have you know, we have vision, um, spiritual vision about things, you know, to come and, and we, we get to see the things that God allows us to see. But a lot of times we are walking in the dark mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> about a lot of things, the whys and the, the timing of, of the prayers that we prayed a bazillion times and, and are still waiting for, the answer that we hope for. And so, um, for sure, I, I feel like we, we walk through life with half sight, but, but don't get me wrong. Half sight is better than no sight. That's, <laughs> so, right. That's right. Uh, I've come to appreciate this taken for granted gift of vision so much mm -hmm. more than, than I ever did in the hues. And, and interestingly enough, even um, when I had almost no vision, now I have a little peripheral vision after my three surgeries, but um, even with my wonky left eye, it wasn't completely blind because I could see a little bit of movement and light. Mm -hmm. And if I'm close enough to the source, and again, uh, so that means I could differentiate the the streaming in of light through a window from the wall beside it. Um, or if I moved my hand in front of my face, I could see that something was moving. And so if nothing else, 
light and movement <laughs> gave me hope. And so I think sometimes we struggle through rugged stretches of life uh, with this half sight. Like you said, I think it's First Corinthians 13, 12 that says, we don't see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist um, is the message version of that. And so, you know, I've been there squinting at chaotic circumstances and and feverishly trying to make sense of the unexplainable and the unexpected. And, and so when we're in those times, just having a little bit of light, you know, mm-hmm. come through. Um, you know, I, I love first John one, five, God is light and, and in him, there's no darkness at all. And, and then movement, like, okay, something's happening. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's all unformed and I, I can't, I don't know what God is doing, (laughs) but his hand is moving somehow in this. And so that has really kind of helped me. Um, not only with this part of my life, we were talking before we even started um, your podcast today about just for me personally, this, even though it's the most um, obvious struggle right now, um, it's not the most painful or Mm -hmm. the most serious or the hardest in my life. I have other areas that are really just um, feel like a, 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 gut punch every day. Mm-hmm. And so areas where I don't really have light, I can't really see what's happening, but, but there's enough light coming through the haze and there's, there's enough I can sense God's movement. And that gives me hope every day to get up and point my feet in the direction of trust. Yeah. Um, and walk, walk that road again. That's it. <laughs> I, that's it. A great, friend of mine has written a book about that. And that's really, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show too, is, you know, as we're just leading up to the release of the book on trusting God, you've been Mm. such a faithful friend through this whole process. And um, you've watched me struggle to try to find shape and see what felt so unseeable. And, you know, it's just, I was sitting here thinking about how often I think we have this idea that everybody else knows how to do it. You know, that they know how to trust, that they don't struggle, that we look at them from a distance and we go, wow, life's so easy for you. I, I wish I could have a life like yours. But, you know, I think as Christians, we, we've kind of almost, I don't know if it's been sold a lie or if the fact that we were made for perfection and for the beauty of the garden, uh, we were never meant to live in this fallen world. And so there's something within us that goes, this is wrong. This can't yeah. be. And, and so to be at peace that the journey that God has us on, even though we're not seeing the answers, even though we can't seem to write the book, and though we went away with our friend for a little writing retreat, and she got like <laughs> three times more done on the book than you did, you say, okay, God, <laughs> I'm going to trust you with my journey. And it's it, it really is kind of 
ironic that sweet jo- Jody wrote her, uh, I think her first chapters as we were on this two, three day retreat. Yeah. I mm. maybe, I think I can't even remember how much you got done on yours and I could barely scrape out one chapter. She finished her book. It was published within a year and just now, three years later, my book is coming out after a long struggle. But I've, and yet for whatever reason now, though you were ready to move on to the next writing project, God had a different project in mind. And how do we trust Him when we can't make sense? And you have used this phrase over and over that I actually included in the book, giving you attribution, of course, about trusting and trusting God, but then also choosing to retrust Him. Can you talk about that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, man, it's it's the story of my life (laughs) because I I wish that I could reach this state of perfect trust that that is steady and constant and never dips and never flags. But I I'm not there. And so literally every day, as I said, I just have to get up and retrust what I trusted again yesterday and re-believe what I believed yesterday. Um, despite the circumstances or my own mental um, conversation, the noise in my brain is telling me not to do that, that it's not safe to do that, that um, I, I'm not seeing the results from that by now that I want, wanted to, you mentioned timing and my goodness. Um, um, okay. You're so gracious, but how many books have you written, Joanna? And <laughs> you've written so many books. No, not <laughs> well, compared I, to most so I know. So I'm way behind in the book count, my friend. So, uh, but, but really we do do that thing of comparing, um, other, where other people are at and on their journey and, and the pace, um, mm-hmm. of life. Um, I heard a long time ago and I wish I could give attribution for this, but it was, you know, don't, don't judge your middle by another person's, you know, finish line mm-hmm. or don't judge your, even your, um, beginning by another person's middle. It's, it's, we're just, um, all kind of working, at a different pace through, through our own, uh, race, so to speak. And, and we're, it's important where we're headed. But anyway, the thing that knocks me off course more than anything is, is if I don't make that choice to retrust every day. Um, because eventually I do get to places that I never dreamed and I do have seen answers to prayer and, and, and I, the faithfulness of God always comes through um, sometimes looking differently than I had expected. But um, as my dear 90 year old mama likes to remind me, this isn't heaven yet, honey, we're, (laughs) we're not, we haven't crossed our final finish line so, so yeah, retrusting daily is a huge um, practice, I would say. Um, and that, you know, that, that trusting 
for me is a revolt against worry. It's mm. a it's a revolt against anxiety, and um, it doesn't mean that I don't still 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 feel that and still struggle with that. And usually every day in some form, there's something that I have to um, I have to retrust for retrust God for. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes we think that trust is a feeling, you know, that that mm-hmm. we should always mm-hmm. live at this point of faith that is like, I don't care what's going on. I, you know, I trust God. But for me, I'm realizing it really is a choice. It, it's not a feeling. And if I keep waiting for the feeling, then I'll never get around to trust. So when you talk about trusting God. Yeah. Can you unpack that for us? What does that look like, feel like, mean for you? Mm, mm. Mm. That might take me a few years to <laughs> to, <laughs> to actually <laughs> unpack, but but let me just um, share a few things that come to mind. I actually was reading. I think it was Psalm twenty six one yesterday that really stuck out to me is unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul? And I was thinking, what does it mean to lift up my soul to God? Um, and I, and in that moment, it was like, um, it's about taking the weight, the heft, the, the burdens of my life and, and literally lifting them up to God. Mm -hmm. Um, I can choose to walk under the weight of so many things every day in my life, or I can go, you know, Hey soul, um, there's a God who is a lot bigger than you, who sees it all, who, who has it all under control. And so why don't I take these things that are just grinding me into the ground and why don't I lift up my soul, my um, my mind, my will, my emotions, my spirit, my my heart to Him? And so, in a practical way, Joanna, I think that um, that comes with a few things. Like um, there are certain prayers that I pray almost daily. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I pray spontaneous prayers and 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 petitions. But uh, for me, there are prayers. Um, some of them are prayers of other people. And then there are a few prayers that I have written that are like my personal prayer to, to the Lord that I start the day with um, mm. praying pretty much every day. Um, one of them starts um, this very day. Everything I have, all that I am, each weight I carry, as much as I know how, I give to you. Mm. Be the hand that fills and uses the glove of my life. And and then it, it goes on from there. But it's one way that I lift up my soul to the Lord and retrust Him. Uh, another way, I think, is to have um, lantern people in my life, for lack of a better term, uh, especially going through this season of um, kind of half sight. I have needed to reply, uh, uh, rely on people 
who, um, who just keep the light on for me, who help me, who I can lean on starting with my husband, my precious husband, who's been amazing through this whole journey, who I can, who's literally, you know, takes my arm and guides me. And we've had to go into Seattle, um, in downtown to the Harbor View to, um, the I Institute there. And so navigating through, you know, lots of, um, just, traffic and people and, and floors. And, um, so just uh, knowing he, I had his arm and he had my Mm. arm and, and he was guiding me and, and words of encouragement, people who would just, um, send a text. And you've been, you've been one of my lantern people, Mm. Joanna, who just call up and how are you doing? And, or, or they send a text and uh, saying, I'm praying for you. And I mean, those, words are, are like shafts of light that penetrate the darkness. And cause I know they mean it and they really are. And they illuminate my, my bleakest night hours. Um, so, you know, being sure that you are connected to those lantern people in your life. Um, I think another thing about, about trusting, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, Joanna, but, um, if you've ever been in a room, especially like a, a hotel room, someplace where you're, you're not completely familiar with the, your surroundings and you have to turn off the light switch and then head to, you know, the bed or whatever. And just before the light goes out, you kind of, you kind of calculate and, and determine, you yes. know, where your goal is. And then you hit the switch and then you just have enough of that light memory mm-hmm. to get you to the place that you need to go. And I think that God gives us light memory sometimes when we go through dark places where where we remember what our goals are, we remember where we're headed, remember who we what kind of people we want to be. Remember um, his faithfulness and remember the many expressions of his goodness. And so when the lights go out, we just, we have that light memory in our head that we can make it to that place that we need to go. Have you ever experienced anything like that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, and it's such a gift from the Lord, you know, to, to have that. I keep thinking of, you know, the verse that where Paul says, you know, we walk by faith and not by sight, but there's kind of a, a obscure translation that Oswald Chambers refers to. And, and it translates his words to we, I live my life by faith without seeing him. Without seeing him. Yes, and I think yeah. that that's so huge because I, I really do think a lot of times we believe everybody else has this like holy hotline to heaven, that they're constantly in tune with the spirit. And here you are, one of my most admired women with a heart for oh. Jesus. And God has used you in so many ways. You know, my goodness, you've led national ministries, you've coached people. You're just incredible. A Seattle Times religion columnist. (laughs) I just have loved to watch God use you in so many ways. And yet I I so appreciate that that you don't try to hide the fact that some days I don't see and some days I don't understand. And I do wonder if, as we talked in the first part, that because this isn't heaven, 
And because if we could see everything and know everything, would we really need God? Right. You know, right. if, yeah. if that isn't part of why the Lord lets the enemy sift us as wheat, like he did with Peter, because there's something in those dark times in having to trust him. And I, I had to smile because I was thinking last summer, we got to film the teaching videos for um, the Embracing Trust book. And we're on the, we're on the shores of Lake McDonald and Glacier National Park. And the wind is just blowing. And it was hilarious because <laughs> I was teaching about Peter and walking yeah. <laughs> on water, and it was so perfect. And, you know, yeah. as I studied out that portion of Scripture, I realized, now, you know, we kind of point at Peter and, and we're like, wow, that guy, you know, he didn't have any faith. Or yeah. he got his eyes on the storm and everything. And I got to thinking, well, first of all, it was the middle of the night. It was dark. Yeah, it It was was dark. dark. (laughs) And the wind was fierce. It was no natural storm. And so there were waves that as he's walking on the water, it could be that he got his eyes off of Jesus because he couldn't see Jesus. Mm -hmm. And just the importance during those times to keep walking in the direction we last saw him. Right? And that's what I see, you know, when you talk about that, getting... Those things that we have seen in the light, not to forget in the dark. Right, right, right. That's so good because, because yeah, I think we we have in our mind's eye this picture of Peter just out there in the daylight, and it's you know there are little ripples, and he's you know, but but man, yeah, it was it was dark, and and then the storm comes, and then for me, I everything feels worse in the middle of the night as far as my problems and my worries and, you know, the things that are big um, in the day are like monstrous at night. They just loom so large. And so um, I think just kind of um, finding ways to, to position the light that we have, you know, it may, it may even be, you know, these days we have the little flashlight on our cell phone and, you know, how many times have I used that just to kind of help me, you know, right. uh, find my way in the dark. But, but you know, how can I best position or reposition myself to catch the light being offered to me? And, um, and, and what shadows do I need to walk out of, mm. um, even though it may feel safer to stay there, you know, the, the things that we tell ourselves, I I have to talk back to, to self-talk so, so much. And, um, I, I think you're right, Joanne. I think that people look at someone who's maybe, you know, written a book or spoken or, you know, taught and just feel like, oh, they, they never struggle with those same doubts and fears and questions and, um, let me just, I am raising my hand for this girl. I can't speak for anybody else, but, but I, you know, I have those same thoughts that come across my, my mind. Um, I think about the prayer of St. Augustine, who he said, you know, what am I to myself without thee, but a guide to my own downfall. Mm. And, oh man, that is so true. You know, without the Lord, I just become a guide. I'm, I become the blind leading the blind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even it's need anybody else. <laughs> I'm, I'm my own uh, guide to my own downfall. And so, 
so one of the things I have to do is just challenge even my perception of reality mm. because let's go back to my physical um, situation right now. So for, for most of this last year, I had almost literally no vision at all in this eye. Like I said, a little bit of light, a little bit of movement. And so there could be something right in front of me, or my husband could be standing right beside me, like on the left side of me where my, my eye is um, having this problem. And I couldn't see him. I, mm. I couldn't see it. And, so, um, so my limited vision is not the definer of reality yeah. and, and that's true spiritually as well, just because I can't see it or just because I can't see God's hand, um, I cannot rely on that to define yes. whether or not that's reality. And so I have to talk, talk back to, to the 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 lies I tell myself and the lies of the world yeah. and the enemy tells me and that I think that is one key to retrusting yes is that we we confront today's today's lies whatever they are mm-hmm. <laughs> because yes. they may come in in different ways and and one of my sweet spiritual advisors I love her so much but she she talked about how the enemy whispers to us in, in first person, um, mm-hmm. not in, in second person. So he doesn't say you shouldn't yeah. trust God or you, you are, are, you know, a wretched failure. He, he whispers, I can't mm-hmm. trust God. I am a wretched yeah. failure. I don't know how I'm going to. Mm-hmm. And so, so we have to talk you know, kind of check caller ID. Who's, who's calling, (laughs) you know, and, and, um, and just challenge those, those thoughts. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I was just thinking about Jude one, three, where it says, you know, that we need to contend earnestly for mm-hmm. the faith. And yeah. I think, again, yeah. we keep thinking it's a feeling. We, we don't yes. understand that it's a choice and it's also a treasure it's a treasure it that we've got to guard because the enemy wants to come in and just undermine our faith. And that's why I think this whole this whole idea of trusting God in the dark and really understanding that we are walking with half sight because that's part of our problem. We think we see fully yes. what's really going on. We have no yeah. idea. We're part of a bigger story. And I get so consumed with my little peace and my little comfort and my little happiness. And God's like, Joanna, I'm up to something so much bigger than you know. And yes, the enemy meant this for evil, but I want to work this together for the good of all those who trust me. And I think about this lonely time, Jody, where where it's you've been kind of battling this alone, not just just because you couldn't leave house because of your sight, but there was covid on top of it and you've basically lived in quarantine for a quite a while. Quite a while. Yeah, 2 plus years, yeah. 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 And so but to understand that there, I, I really sense this and have you and I've talked about this. I think there's something going on in the spiritual realm that we cannot fully understand and that your story, and I don't know how it works, but your story is going to be like Joseph's story. It's for the deliverance and salvation of many. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. And boy, we think about our discomfort and we feel like this is only about me and this is so unfair. And why God, why, why does that person, you know, we're kind of like Peter with John, but what about him? him, And Jesus says, what is that to you? You follow me. And that's the challenge we each have trusting that, okay, my story is very individual. And yet my story is going to be for his glory, even the hardest parts. And perhaps, perhaps, especially the hardest parts. Right. And I am, I'm just like, I'm going to really be chewing on this whole, you need to write this book, my friend, this, (laughs) this half sight, (laughs) because, you know, as I've been writing my own book and just realized how, we really think we know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and so we walk around with the label maker and we're labeling, that's bad. That's terrible. Oh, that's good. And, yes. and we have no idea what's really valuable and what really is counterfeit and what is, if we were to have what we so desperately want, could lead us astray or that the deepest treasures are the treasures of darkness. Oh. Uh. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. 100%. Um, Even though I say 100%, even though, as you said, there are days where your feeling is like, okay, I would, you know, let's just get this over with. And I want to go back to normal life. Yes. You know, I don't, I don't want to mine those treasures, but, but I do. But when, you know, when you're in, in it and when the spirit of God moves upon your heart, you do begin to to sense that movement um, mm. of the Holy Spirit, and that He is working something way bigger. Um, you know, one um, Bible story that has become so precious to me, even more so, is from you know Mark eight twenty two through twenty six, where you know the in Bethsaida, some of uh, friends, some lantern people brought their friend, their blind friend to Jesus and, and ask for his sight to be restored. And then Jesus employed this really unorthodox method by, by applying saliva to the man's eyes. And then he asked him, do you see anything? <laughs> and so, well, for, first of all, maybe he felt something, he felt, you know, something he, before he saw something, but, but he was again, half-sighted and he said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Mm. In other words, you know, I can't quite make out the form, but I see the movement. And so, um, you know, being thankful, even in the middle of it for, for vague vision, because, you know, um, one of my pastor friends, Kevin Gear says that the miracle, middle of a miracle is muddled and, you know, mm. even, and so it's indistinct, it's distorted. And, and so through ongoing encounters with Jesus, um, even poor vision can become clarified mm. and focused and sharp. Um, so it doesn't mean that, that the vision that we have right now will be the vision that we will end up with yeah. uh, down the road. So, so, um, and, and that may be heaven, but then, but it, we may see things cl- more clearly 10 years from now, or, you know, there is um, a hope of him just expanding our vision. So um, 
so anyway, yeah, I, I do believe that he uses these seasons of, of darkness and I have no easy answers to times of blurred vision, but, but I, I would say that, you know, whenever you become aware of spirit of God movement or whenever you discern that God is active and, and at work, um, even with or without all the details, you know, to stay there and just press closer mm-hmm. to that, you know, keep your your spiritual eyes on on that point that you saw before the, the lights went out yeah. and keep pressing towards that. And then just really lean into the light that he gives mm-hmm. you every day, you know, through his word, through through friends, through just glimpses of his goodness, through through mere memories of his faithfulness. Mm, that's so beautiful. As you were telling this story about your husband guiding you, you know, it's such a perfect picture of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that's really what trusting the Lord is, is it's like, okay, God, I'm I'm going to let you lead. I'm going not going to lean on my understanding, yeah. but I'm going to lean on yours. And I'm going to acknowledge that you're with me, that I'm not alone, that I don't have to mm-hmm. figure this out. And you're going to make my path straight. And what yeah. seems crooked and impassable today, somehow, as I trust you and choose to lean on you. And I think that's, for me, you know, the one thing I've been trying to do is it's just crazy after serving Jesus so long that I forget that he's for me and that he's with yes, me and that he yes. wants to move on my behalf. And I buy the lie of my flesh and the devil that says, this is all up to you. You better figure this out or else. Oh my, this is a disaster. There's no way this could ever be good. And to just stop, you know, I've, I've kind of come, I have this line in the book, rather than letting fear trigger panic, letting it trigger trust instead, yes, where it's like yes. when that's, fear, when that anxiety, when that feeling of, oh no, oh dear, oh my, like just even stopping it with, by saying out loud, I trust you, Lord. And it's crazy how just that simple act of declaring my trust and looking to him. I love that, you know, throughout the Old Testament, they say, look to him. It was just like this simple lifting of their head where um, I might not have the strength to lift my knees. You know, I mm-hmm. think as yeah. you were saying so eloquently, but there are those times where the load feels so, so crushing that sometimes all we can do is just like drop the load at its feet and lift up our heads and going, <laughs> yes. I don't know. I love how, was it, was it Hezekiah who said, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on yeah, you, eyes are on you know, yeah. and yeah. that we have this father that when we invite him into the equation, he comes. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we forget that peace, you know, yeah. we yeah. forget that peace. It's interesting that the whole story of the storm, it said Jesus was about to pass by. Yeah. Yeah. He was going to pass by, but they saw him and they called out to him. And I think that in the middle of the storm, you know, rather than letting it trigger fear to, to call out to the Lord. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say it triggered another thought. Um, even though we know God is light and in him, there is no darkness at all. There's, there's a verse in the Psalms and I can't pull up the reference, but it says that he cloaks himself in darkness and just almost like Jesus did in that storm. Mm -hmm. You know, you can Mm -hmm. picture the, the dark and plus the fog and the rain and, you know, just, 
Um, and sometimes I f- feel like, as, as you mentioned, the parallel with my husband standing on my blind side and, and I would, I would actually startle <laughs> when he would make himself known because I, I just didn't see him there. <laughs> and so sometimes I feel like God is, um, hiding in the dark, so to speak, not to scare us, but to surprise us with, with some joy, with something unexpected. And so we expect sometimes everything that comes out of darkness to be dark, Mm. but here's light hiding in the darkness. You know, here's a beauty and hope hiding in a storm, you know? Um, so, so I think I just, again, need to um, accept that my perception of reality just isn't spot on <laughs> on, on most days. And it's so hard to, I mean, we know it with one part of ourselves and yeah. the other part goes, yeah. but, 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 but. Oh, I love that. You know, I did a study on darkness. In fact, I, I someday, I don't know if the Lord will let me, but I want to write a book about treasures of darkness. Because it has been in the darkest times. Uh, I remember walking through the dark night of a soul and um, just so, so in so much despair. And yet God met me there. And, you know, it's interesting. There's the verse where it says Moses, he speaks to the people of Israel. And then it says he turns and walks into the darkness where God was. God yeah, is. Yeah, yes. And and we have this we we just think when it's dark to us it's dark to him. And I think right, that's what right. means when it says there's no darkness he's like I've got this. I know exactly how to navigate and and so to I I just remember sometimes feeling when I came out of that dark season just feeling as though I would every once in a while put my hands in my pocket and find a treasure that came in in the pit in, in the dark, in the cave, in the mine, um, that he was lining my, my pockets with treasure. Mm. And I mm. wonder sometimes when we let ourselves give into despair or think, how could this be happening? This is terribly wrong. This can't be. This will not be. And, and Jesus says to Peter when Peter says, no, they're not going to crucify you. This is no way. That I won't let that happen, and 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 Jesus says to Peter, "You have Peter, you have in mind the things of man, not the things of God." So we're going to have to make peace with mystery. We're going to have to trust Him in the dark. And I know that there are a lot of people out there listening who are walking in their own dark season, or or maybe even today they realize, "I thought I, I thought I was seeing clearly." And maybe there's some half sight that I need to consider. Um, would you just pray over us as we close? I would. And I just, I'm sure you included so much about this, but I just wanted to read also First Peter 1, 8, a New Living Translation says, you love him even though you've never seen him. Mm. Though you do not see him now, you trust him yeah. and you rejoice with glorious, inexpressible joy. And so earth life comes with a blind side that makes us feel alone. But with Jesus, Mm. we know he's there. And so until we see his face, we watch for light and movement. And so 
Joanna, I would love to pray the prayer I mentioned earlier that I start with every day. And um, that would be how I would love to end our, our talk today. I would love that. And I would love to repeat it. Can we do that? Just you say a sentence and then I'll repeat it so we can pray it with you. That would be so great. This very day. This very day. Everything I have. Everything I have. All that I am. All that I am. Each weight I carry. Each weight I carry. As much as I know how. As much as I know how. I give to you. I give to you. Be the hand that fills and uses the glove of my life. Be the hand that fills and uses the glove of my life. Today, may I live with empathy and compassion. Today, may I live with empathy and compassion. In your truth. In your truth. Rejoicing with those who rejoice. Rejoicing with those who rejoice. And weeping with those who weep. And weeping with those who weep. Yet help me see this world. Yet help me see this world. Through eyes of wonder, not woe. Through eyes of wonder, not woe. Give me a heart that insists on hope. Give me a heart that insists on hope. And offers it freely to others. And offers it freely to others. Jesus, help me to follow you closely. Jesus, help me to follow you closely. Hear you clearly. Hear you clearly. Trust you completely. Trust you completely. And love you deeply. And love you deeply. As I generously live the life. As I generously live the life. You've so generously given me this very day. You've so generously given me this very day. Amen. Amen. Mm. So, so, so beautiful. Well, Jody, I, I just appreciate you. I appreciate you more than words can say. I think it's interesting that before all of this happened, your beautiful book, The Settled Soul, came out. <laughs> and you've been living the message of that, that there mm-hmm. is a place of peace, even in the middle of storm. And I just, mm-hmm. I just thank you for being tender to the Lord, for being teachable, for being moldable, for being real. I love you, my friend. I love you, Joanna. You're one of my brightest lantern people and one of my dearest friends. And I'm just so, so thankful for you and so thankful and excited for the message of trust that Mm. is soon to be released in this world uh, on so many waiting readers. And um, I, I just... I love you, bazillions. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, bazillion trillion to infinity and beyond. (laughs) My sweet Jody, her sweet spirit and heart for Jesus always stirs my soul to go deeper with him. You might be going through a half sight season right now, trying to find God in the dark, but please know that he's right there beside you and he wants to lead and guide you in the way you should go. 
You can learn about Jody's amazing books, The Jesus-Hearted Woman and The Settled Soul, as well as access past interviews with my friend over at joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash 089. I'm hoping that Jody will join us this summer on the Insider Club Facebook group, because I'm telling you, we haven't even begun to mine the riches this woman has to share, especially in the area of trust. If you know women who have used my Bible studies or enjoyed my books, I hope you'll invite them to be part of the launch team. We're going to be in closing enrollment the second week in July. So if you haven't already signed up, I hope you do it today. I can't wait to grow together this summer, learning to live, love, lead, and trust like Jesus. See you next time, my friend.